Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Brooko Mode. It's 2024 and these style episodes on Tuesdays are going to be all about giving you guys some educational perspective, sort of adding a bit of research and a bit of psychology literature, but also giving my own experiences, my own opinions, and sort of blending that in to give a bit of a a collaborative style episode that, you know, hopefully educates you so you can learn a bit more, but also inspires you with my own experiences and my own insights and help you reflect on your life and how you can implement what we're talking about. In this episode, we are going to dig into alcohol. I've often noticed that alcohol is a very often sensitive topic within society and almost having a strong opinion about alcohol, it can be very divisive within groups. And I think understanding why we do certain things with alcohol and potentially how we can overcome, you know, negative, our, our negative relationship with alcohol can help us in so many ways, but I do want to make clear at the start of every episode, you know, what the intentions are of the episode and what we hopefully come out of it with. So I want to give a bit of insight into, you know, why we give into alcohol peer pressure. You know, there's a lot of the times where, you know, we don't want to drink. We're, We're trying to ease off alcohol. We're trying to have quieter nights. We're trying to take care of our health and fitness. And we just find a way to give in, you know, like, oh, come out for another night. Like, come on you pussy and then we just find a way to cave into this and there are a lot of reasons from a psychological perspective that we do and I've studied them and I can relate them back to my own experiences and I think creating some awareness around that's going to be so important but also a few reasons how to overcome them and op- <laughs> and what happens is and a lot of this is going to be how I, st- uh, I frame my episodes the problem is often the solution So you often invert the problem to be the solution. So basically we'll uncover all the reasons why we give in and just sort of change our mindset on those things and hopefully you can take a few things away with you. 
I have had a bit of an al- a journey with alcohol. I'll give you a tiny overview. I think I had my first drink when I was 17 in my last year of school. I think I've never really loved getting drunk. I've definitely enjoyed the benefits of being inebriated and, you know, feeling more confident within myself to express it and being able to be closer, quote unquote, closer with my friends because you're sort of on that really high wavelength here. You're doing the same thing together. You're all loose. You're all being the people you want to be. You're having fun. It's a very, I've had so many fun times because of alcohol, but I've also had a lot of fun times without alcohol and with friends who are drinking. So I have, you know, had a mix of both things. And I think, I think with my, my own personal experiences, coming to my early 20s with also my psychology background. I feel like this is a, a good, it's coming from a good voice and I'll be able to give you a few things to take away. And I've been in, you know, those environments, like football environments, like they are alcohol-driven environments. And um, and just for a heads up, this is not an addiction episode. Um, although some of these things you could take to alcohol addiction, um, it is not where we're going down. And this is by no means... Um, a perfect guy. This is just for the average Australian who's has a bit of a poor relationship with alcohol. It hopefully inspires some younger people to change their relationship. And yeah, just some insights from my own experiences and the psychology. Okay. That was a bit of a long-winded introduction. and We normally won't take that long, but let's get into it. So why do we give in to alcohol pressure? You know, why do we let that little voice well, sometimes it's not even that little voice. We just do it. We don't even think. We just suddenly end up drunk, questioning ourselves, feeling guilty, you know, anxiety the next day. Why am I doing this? What am I doing with my life? I'm sure we've all been in similar situations. Now, the aim of this is to give you, you know, confidence in your own beliefs so that if you want to drink alcohol, that's on you. You're not just being influenced by other people and you're doing it for you and not to just fit in. So, There is such a huge acceptance of alcohol in our society and I think that's one of the main reasons it is such a problem but we don't think it's a problem because it's so socially acceptable to be drinking and alcohol at its simplest level is poison. Like the effect it has on us and the things it does to our body, our sleep, our mental health proven in the literature, it is basically a poison and it does not help us at all. But... There is some social benefits, evidently. You know, it helps people, you know, get out of their comfort zone and, you know, be friendlier, develop some relationships. And a lot of good things have come from the alcohol, which has, you know, made people be themselves. But I don't think anyone should need alcohol. And that's hopefully what we come away with. So the first reason, conformity, fear of judgment, you know, that's been a massive one for me. Like, you don't want to be that one guy that's not drinking, that one guy or girl that's not drinking. Like, it makes you feel not a part of the group. It's as simple as that. That is, it's pretty simple why we give into it because we don't want to be different. But I'll give you a bit of, you know, research as to why we give into that voice. And it's a thing called cognitive dissonance. So cognitive dissonance is basically where there's a conflict between your beliefs and your actions. So if we have a belief that, you know, I want to I fit in, I want to be part of this group, you know, that's a human drive, like to fit in and be a part of it, like to form sort of a tribe. It's a, it's a human evolutionary driven thing. Like we want to fit in. It's 
not only for our survival advantage, but it's also just how much better does it feel to be part of a group and not just be by yourself? It's scary to be by yourself. So we have this belief that we want to fit in, we want to have fun with everyone. But then there's also the fact that we don't want to drink, right? There's so many conflicting beliefs there. There's the belief of like, oh, I don't really feel like drinking. So, But then there's also the voice of, oh, I want to look after my health. I want to do, I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel pressure. I don't feel like drinking. And then there's your actions, right? So cognitive dissonance is this tension that we feel with inside when there's a belief saying, do this, and then our behaviors are the opposite, saying, or not saying, but doing the opposite. So for alcohol, this is basically what happens. If we have a belief that, you know, I want to fit in and, and be a part of the group, right? And your actions are you're not currently drinking alcohol because you have this other belief where you want to be healthy, strong, not forced to do anything. That's fine. That There's stability within that, you know, your beliefs and your actions. You feel okay. But then there's this bigger, bigger voice inside of your head, right? It's where there's conflict between your beliefs and your actions of, I want to fit in and I'm not currently drinking. I'm the only one who isn't drinking. Everyone is looking at me. I feel different and what do I do? Like that's a, that's a, and this doesn't often always happen in your head. Sometimes it's very subconscious. Your beliefs are so powerful. If you fully believe in something that you're doing, you're not going to be swayed by pressure as easily. It makes you strong and firm in who you are and what you believe, your values. But a lot of the time that belief weighs out because we don't want to be different. We have a belief that we want to fit in. So we give in. So there's only two ways to overcome that internal feeling, that negative internal feeling, whether it's anxiety or, you know, tension. You know, we just, you can feel it. It's that that headspace we get into where we feel like, oh my God, I have to drink to fit in. And that's what happens. You can either change your behavior or you change your belief, right? That's the only way to resolve this internal conflict between your beliefs and your actions. So we change our belief in the moment to, oh, it's okay to drink and have fun, like to justify why we do certain things. So we just give in. We just change our belief that it's okay to drink. Like, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it's, oh one drink won't hurt. Two drinks won't hurt. We play this mind game where we we trick ourselves into believing that it's okay because it's because there's that internal conflict, right? The body doesn't like that internal conflict. So it'll find a way to change your belief. But there's another way that you can go about this, and this is why I mean you can invert the problem to be the solution. So now if there's this cognitive dissonance where we have this internal conflict and there's these voices that just force us to cave in and we cave into the pressure i'll give some of my own experiences like there's times where like oh i wanted to just have one or two drinks and i only would want to have one or two drinks just to fit in i didn't even want to drink alcohol to be honest i didn't even like a lot of the alcohol like whether it's beer i've never been a big um enjoyer of, of beer and many alcohol the only real alcohol that i genuinely like is ginger beer and I think for me, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try compromise. I'll try compromise between a few drinks and trying to fit in versus, okay, I don't want to drink, I want to look after my body. And that's okay. 
for a lot of people, that's probably the best way to go about it is finding that healthy balance between, okay, I want to fit in and be fun and enjoy the benefits of alcohol while also still looking after my body and my sleep and all the things that are associated with too much alcohol consumption. But the problem is that alcohol is quite funny. It does this sort of thing where you stop thinking and you just start drinking more and more. So that's why I've never been a big believer in it because I'm, I'm a bit of an extreme guy and I, that's my own personal thing. You can take this to your own way. You can use this information in your own way, but just know that it's either you change your beliefs or you change your behavior. So you've got this internal conflict with this wanting to fit in. So you can either have a healthy balance and stick strong to, okay, I'm just going to have a couple of drinks or you can maybe do what I do and not drink alcohol. I don't drink alcohol anymore because I don't like the negative effect it has on me. I don't feel the need to have it to fit in with other people. I feel a lot more confident in myself that I can be the person I want to be without the alcohol. Obviously, in different situations, it can be very uncomfortable and it's been very uncomfortable. It's not easy because you feel different. But if you create this belief within yourself that it's okay, I can still have fun, I can still be you know, a good friend, a good mate and be on a similar wavelength without needing the alcohol, then that's all you need. But it's not easy and it takes time to to build proof because I'm finding it every time I do it and I don't drink and people are drinking, I'm getting better and better at it. It's not just going to happen straight away because when you first stop drinking or you don't drink as much and other people getting hammered and encouraging you to drink, it's scary. There's that voice that, that you feel like everyone's judging you like, oh, look at this loser or like he doesn't want to drink, he thinks he's better than us. It's never been about being better than anyone else. Like it's all been an internal thing. Like the reason I didn't want to drink was because of the way it made me feel and think and that the effect it had on my next week and my momentum that I was building with all my good habits. It was never about other people. Of course, it's going to help you get past other people who have these bad habits. But for me, it was a very internal thing. And that's why I've been so strong and I don't drink alcohol because it's for me. I'm not drinking alcohol to try and be better than people or ahead of people. I just want to look after my mental and physical health. So now I've fostered this belief that I am the priority. My mental and physical health is the priority. And yes, there are social elements to it that I want to be involved with, but I can still do that without the alcohol. And I'm building proof. I'm building confidence that I can do it without the alcohol. But we often give in to the voice because it's scary. But if you never do it, you're never going to know that you can easily do it. And I think a lot of the time we have fears disproportionate to reality. Often when we do something hard, we realize it actually wasn't that hard. And I think I'm starting to come to understand that with alcohol. But a lot of people project their insecurities onto you like, oh, why aren't you drinking? And a lot of the time I've noticed and from conversations and all these things, it's honestly because they're jealous or they're insecure that you think you're better than them. All the confident, strong people in their in their selves have never taken it out of me that I'm not drinking. I've noticed this trend because they aren't thinking like, oh, you think you're better than us. It's always the ones that it, you can tell their, their self-esteem is a bit roller coastery, and they're not fully content with themselves. So they feel like other people tr- are better than them. So they have this insecurity about other people and, and they just want to, and because they're drinking alcohol, you know, they don't have this filter. They're just saying things, but we personalize it. <clears throat> we think, oh my God, am I, am I trying to be special? Like, what am I doing? Like, maybe he's right. Maybe she's right. Maybe what they're saying is true, but 
people's drunk thoughts aren't the reality. It's often their own internal conflict. Their own people are going through their own battles, and they bring it out into the common ground because, especially with alcohol, because they don't have that filter. So just learning ways to not personalize it. Be strong in your values. Like, okay, for me, it's my mental and physical health is a priority. I don't really enjoy alcohol, so I don't really see the point in it. But still stay in those social situations. I've found there's a couple of ways with the changing your beliefs and your actions. My action was, okay, I have this conflict when I'm in a social situation, so I'm just going to remove myself from the situation. That's going to make it you know, easier. But then guess what? I miss out on all the benefits of the positive experiences that happen. And then all it's creating is this voice in my head that, okay, every time you withdraw yourself, so like, sorry, when alcohol is involved, you have to withdraw yourself. And that's just wrong, totally wrong. And I've done it before because it was easier. The harder thing is, okay, there's going to be alcohol. It's going to be uncomfortable initially. You know, it might not, you might not be there as late or get as drunk and people might judge you. But then you've got to say, let them. That's pretty stoic to stay because we have these fears. But it's a, it's just a thing that I'm starting to say, let them. Let them do it. What's the, what's the big deal to you? It's only when we personalize it and we, we take it on board that it can affect us. Just remember that you can't, no one, nothing anyone says or the looks they give you or the body language, that's on you how you receive that. If you're fully confident in yourself, it's not going to affect you the same. But I understand and I empathize because I've been there. I felt judged. I've wanted to just take the easy option, remove myself. But I, I would have missed out on so many good times. And I've put myself in those situations now. And I've realized I actually can have very good conversations with people. I can still have fun. I can, you know. And the next day I wake up feeling amazing. But it was only because I wasn't fully confident in myself. I wasn't sure on my values. I wasn't clear on who I wanted to be. And I let other people's opinions and insecurities affect me. And I took it personally. There are going to be things that people say that hurt. But in the long run... It's as simple as this. If you want to go down a certain path and you want to try not drink alcohol or have a better relationship with it, you don't want to be forced to get 10 drinks drunk every weekend, whose respect would you rather, theirs or your own? Because I know I would rather my own because in the long run, those people might get go away from your life. But you have to live with yourself every moment of the day. Every single decision you make is going to have an effect on this subconscious voice in the long run. So make decisions that are going to benefit you. If anything, not drinking alcohol has proven to me how easy it can be, how much fun you can still have, and you can have a good balance. And maybe if your friends aren't supporting you, and it's the same cycle every time, judgment, projecting their insecurities, maybe in the long run they might not be the friends for you. But also don't give up on people because a lot of the time there's this thing called the Abilene Paradox. And... The basically, it's where the Abilene Paradox is where we want, it's a c- collective group fallacy where let's say we're in a circle of friends and there's a routine that you guys go into each week. Come to mine, Saturday night, we'll have pre's, then we'll go out. It becomes a bit of a habit. But a lot of the time, all of these individuals are going to be thinking the same thing. Oh, wouldn't it be nice to have a night in? Wouldn't it be nice to do something different that just isn't alcohol? I feel shit the next day. Nothing great really happens. Everyone is, a lot of people in that group might be thinking that way, but there is sort of a group dynamic where they don't want to be the one to 
say how they're truly feeling. Even though all of them are thinking a similar thing, no one wants to be the one to say it because they want to conform and fit in and not disrupt the flow. So they just go along with it and then they start drinking and because of what happens with the effects of alcohol, they just continue the same thing and, and then they justify it like, oh, this is fun. And because of positive conditioning, you end up doing the same thing. It keeps repeating itself. It's actually alcohol has – there are great experiences with alcohol. There are great social benefits and within the brain it creates this positive conditioning that you know it is – it is fun. It's a great experience with your friends. You get closer. You form new connections. So ultimately in the brain, it associates, okay, every time I've drunk alcohol, it's been a good thing for my group, my relationship with people. Although you felt shit the next day, you've conditioned alcohol to be a good experience for you. But the Abilene paradox is powerful because your friends might be thinking the same thing too, but it's a, a group fallacy it's a failure to understand the fact that people might be thinking different things. You're thinking that they're thinking, oh, let's, I want to get so drunk and talk to all these girls and get hammered. But they might be thinking, oh, you're thinking that. But you're thinking, fuck, I don't want to drink. I just want to do something different for once. Who is going to be the one courageous enough to start that conversation? Whether it's a question, whether it's just asking one other group member on a private message. You don't have to, you know, at pre's be the one to be like, should we do something different? That's, that's scary for a lot of people. But maybe you, you talk to one of your friends. You say, look, do you want to do something different this weekend? We keep going out or whatever it is, we don't understand that people are often thinking very similar things to us or often going through their own personal struggles. Everyone has their own motivations and their own, their own ambitions. But a lot of the time when we get in this friend group dynamic, it becomes a pattern over time and, and we just be like, oh, there, my." it just becomes a habit. And I think the thing to take away around that is nothing is fixed. And let's say your relationships with these people are centered around the activity of drinking alcohol. You know, it doesn't always have to be that way. For me, I used to think that I was the only one who didn't want to drink. I used to think I was the only one who was different. I It fostered this belief that I was different, you know. I, I didn't fit in with the friends I had because I always wanted to, you know, look after my mental and physical health more and I didn't want to get hammered. I didn't even really like the whole clubbing experience. I thought I was different. A lot of what I found out over time is there's a lot of people who are feeling similar in different ways, whether it's I want to have a better relationship with alcohol or you know, I feel like I drink too much or I don't want to have to go out every weekend. I've often found that I didn't know they were thinking these ways because I was too busy letting my own insecurities dominate my mind. Just understand that people care about you, people love you, but they don't care and love about you as much as they think about themselves and their own lives. So you've got to understand that people are going through their own things and you have a relationship with this person, but how many friendships have we had with people that, you know, just dissipate? Like, fall off into the distance, you know. We have friends and they come and go, especially, I know I'm young, but older people, they have friends that come and go. Imagine this dynamic you have with this person. Imagine how good it could be if you had one hard conversation. And that was a premise for a lot of my podcast. It's have that difficult conversation. Be willing to be the one to say, look, what are we doing? Reflect. And guess what? If they aren't on that level yet and they aren't, don't want to do it, and they still feel like they're in this cycle, 
and they want to keep repeating that cycle, then it's the same thing as the fear of judgment. Let them, okay? It's important to give them opportunity to grow and don't just kick them away because there's, there's one thing I don't agree with in the mental health space is it's like we say remove toxic people, but then it's like you can't just kick them out just straight away because you're not that much better yourself. You've been doing the same thing with your friends for that long. Give them opportunity to grow. Help them, inspire them, educate them, show them what's possible by being the one to do it. Now, I've, I see a lot of my friends that are sort of doing a similar thing. They're going off, they're making their own businesses, they've taken time off alcohol, they're in groups with a lot of big drinkers. They're setting a standard and that's courage. You know, that is so courageous to be the one to say, look, we're going to do our own thing. We don't want to not be friends with you, but we don't want to be going out and doing those things that you do. And that, it, that would inspire them a lot more than they would think because they have to then reflect on, okay, why are they doing that? Could I be doing this? Well, and then it makes them reflect on their own life. You often don't realize the effect that you can have by the actions you take. But we don't get the validation from other people because no one's going to validate you from their own insecurities. If they're insecure about drinking their relationship and you, start stop, and you stop drinking and you start being out of control, your alcohol, they're not going to come up to you and be like, oh, you're you're doing a wonderful things because it's very hard to come from insecurity and make someone else feel good about it. There are certain people who do it and that's what, and, but I, I find that fascinating because how many people say that I couldn't do that. I could not do that. The amount of people have said that to me when I stopped drinking or I've heard those conversations. Imagine feeling that you couldn't not drink alcohol. I just feel like that is almost sad, but there are so many ways out. There are so many ways out. And it often starts by just showing yourself that you can do it because once you show yourself you can do it, it's so much easier than you realize. So the first thing was conformity, fear of judgment, right? We're scared, we want to fit in and we give in to this voice because of a psychological term called cognitive dissonance. There's an internal conflict we want to give in. There's another thing, the second one, which we talked about, positive conditioning. Every time we drink alcohol, it brings our group closer. But also, we're not really sure what happens when we don't drink alcohol and what happens. How many times, imagine you went to a priest and you said, guys, there's no alcohol, you're not drinking. And then you went and gave them an activity to do. They don't have that almost split test reality. They don't get to see what was possible without alcohol because all they're doing is the alcohol. So in their brain, there's nothing to compare to. They're not comparing their nights of drinking with the nights that they had when they weren't drinking, you know, because they're just in this repeated cycle. So it's positive conditioning. They're conditioned to think alcohol is the only way. They're in the habit of saying yes, and they're unaware of the alternatives that, that, that they could have. There are so many things that they could be doing that they aren't aware of, and it's only often when we stop doing them that, that we realize how easy it was and how much better it could have been. Action gives you perspective but none of us take that action because we're too busy caught up in this toxic cycle. And we flood ourselves, we put our attention to the positives of alcohol, but we let them dominate the negatives. But for a lot of people, the negatives of alcohol help so many things in our life. They transfer across. If you can learn to say no to alcohol and no to just getting in that cycle of drinking every weekend, that gives you so much confidence and discipline and willpower and strengthen your character that transfers to your relationships, to your job, your sport, 
your fitness, your health, it proves to yourself that if you want to do something, you're not going to let another person dictate you. And ultimately, that subconscious voice is a thousand times more powerful than one good night out. Because the good nights out fade away into memory. But the, the experience and the life you're crafting because of the, the choices you made, the strength you had in the, in the difficult times, that is going to forge a life worth living. And that is the inspirational part that I like to give off to people is you don't realize how good your life could be if you just empower yourself and show you that you don't always need alcohol. Now, I'm not here to demonize alcohol. I've had it plenty of times. I've had great nights. I've got drunk. I've been hungover. I've been there and I've done that. And to be honest, in the future, I know I'll reintroduce alcohol into my life at a later point when I find I'm in full control of that voice because I still go out, um, not often, but you know, New Year's recently and I didn't have alcohol, but there's still that, and it wasn't a big thing, but it was still that little voice. And until I fully have control of that voice and I'm not even thinking about the fact I'm not drinking, only then and am I going to start introducing it potentially to maybe experience a few positive benefits with it because only then I have total full control because other than that, I'm still letting fear of judgment. That's the way I'd see it for myself. But another point, why do we give into alcohol? Now, this is probably leads into the addiction side of things, but we're not going to fully immerse ourselves into that, nor is this a full guide of how to overcome addiction because that's not really the place to go. But a lot of the time we mask mental health struggles with alcohol, it becomes the safe place, you know. It becomes a place of familiarity, even though it's not going to be, it ends up having negative effects. We know that it initially it, it gives us that brief respite because, you know, alcohol has that short-lived fun experience. It's, I mean, from a neuroscience perspective, it's, it makes the serotonin receptors excitatory. So it actually allows us to enjoy things more because of the effect that has Although in the long run, it's funny how it has the opposite effect and actually depresses it and that's why we have anxiety the next day because it, it's not, you're not just going to have this huge high and expect to be you know, a, a safe landing. It's often a huge crash, which is why we get the Sunday, Sunday scaries or the hangover anxiety on the next day. But a lot of people go to, to alcohol to, to fit in, to... A lot of people have things in their life that they aren't happy with and alcohol is a, a, good, a bit of a respite, you know, whether it's a stressful job for a 20-year-old and they're thinking, okay, but at least I have the alcohol, a big night on a Saturday to look forward to. You know, they build this thing up in their head, you know, they like to fantasize about what could happen, who they could talk to, you know, but ultimately in the long run, it's coming from a place of lack. You know, it's coming from a place of discontentment. They're not fully happy with themselves and their circumstances. I think people shouldn't drink alcohol if they are struggling with mental health. But it's often the people who are struggling with mental health the most that they look to alcohol. It's a catch-22. But that's why creating awareness around, okay, how am I feeling right now? Why do I continue to do the same thing over and over? Are there alternatives? How can I learn more about alcohol? And what are some steps I can take? Now, it's not that simple because you're often speaking to a brick wall when you speak to these people because they're so in their head and they're so in this cycle and their ego is not willing to listen to it. You can only prompt and prod and direct and guide and hopefully inspire through your own action these people. 
But ultimately, it's possible and it's very possible. There's been addicts, you know, come completely sober. Um, nothing is impossible with the right mindset and the right people around you. But the reason I think it's important to touch on mental health struggles um, as a reason for why we give into alcohol peer pressure is because alcohol can be really fun. You know, like four to five hours, you can have a great time. And I think for a lot of people who don't feel good about themselves, whether it's depression, anxiety, whatever sort of, you know, things they're going through in their life, whether it's, you know, their job isn't going well, they're not doing well at university, their relationships with their friends aren't very high. Alcohol is a great escape. It's a great escape. But ultimately, what is that? It's an escape. And what, what is the thing about escaping the harsh truths? It's ultimately a repression. You're ultimately pushing down it more and more. You're creating this voice that, I don't want to go near that. That's too scary. For a lot of people, they do this subconsciously. They don't even realize they're struggling. But it builds up, it builds up, it builds up. And then one day it pops. And for a lot of people, there's sad, there's sad, um, there's sad stories here. And it's not, it's not always pretty. And that's why there's so much unawareness around how people are feeling. Because especially men... It's so it's such a tough place for men to speak about their feelings and people feel scared and pressured and judged to say how they're feeling with these things because they feel like everyone's going to judge them. If you came out and said to your mates who you've drunk with on so many weekends, I don't, I don't know if I want to drink alcohol any, anymore or I want to stop drinking alcohol, there's too much – they're fearing too much judgment. So I call it friction. It stops you from doing the things you want to do that friction is what stops people from having that hard conversation. But ultimately, they just go back into this cycle of going to the problem. You know, they're going to the problem and it's just a respite. And a lot of people aren't aware of it and it's sad, but there is ways out. And creating awareness of why we do certain things. And, and maybe you've heard some of these things and they might be able to relate to you. But I'll go back to me for a little bit just to sort of link some of these theories now, for me, I've drunk once in the last nine months and it hasn't always been easy, but it's getting easier and easier because I'm creating this proof, you know, every day, every time I say no to alcohol, every time, you know, I've gone out and everyone's had alcohol and here's me drinking a lemonade. What is, <laughs> that's not easy and not because you know, I found it easy, but it's not easy in the fact that I'm being different. You know, I am being different. If you're not confident in yourself enough to be independent and strong in who you want to be, you're ultimately just going to be like, yeah, I'll have one or two beers. You, di you didn't want to, but you just did because it's easier to fit in. You know, it's, it's, but I just look at it through the regret framework. That's the thing I tell myself. I say, imagine in, in 20 years, 10 years, whatever, when you're 80, imagine you didn't live the life you wanted to live because you couldn't even say no to your friends. They're meant to be the people that support you, that inspire you. You do fun things together, but you do them the way you want to do them as well, not just the way that you think, you know, that it should be because that's the way you've always done it. Now, everyone's going to have their own friends and they might not feel comfortable to do those things, but ultimately, you've got to make it simple. Is it, is it their respect you want or is it your own respect you want? And that's what I tell myself. And it's funny how the more you respect yourself, the more people respect you. If you look for their respect, if you look for their validation, you're ultimately falling, you know, you're letting them walk over you and you're losing their respect because they know how weak-willed you are. 
whether they think that consciously or not, you're creating this story that, you know what? He just does what he just does it. He just drinks alcohol and but the thing is they don't realize that because they think you're enjoying it a lot of the time because you do have fun. But people are going to respect you more when you can say I don't want to drink alcohol and you you don't even have to justify it. But because you're there your friends, you should probably say, explain I'm doing this, I'm doing that. If anyone wants to come along with me, this is what we're doing. This is what I'm doing and you can join if you want. But whether, do you want to be liked or respected? It's a, it's a thing that transfers to a lot of habits in our lives. But for me, I say, look, being liked is fucking amazing. Don't get me wrong. Who would not want to be liked? It's not only from a socially, you know, from evolutionary perspective, that's another reason we give in to alcohol because we think being liked protects, protects us from, from predators and stuff like that because we're part of the tribe. But... I like being liked because it makes me because it does give you that sort of validation. You know what I mean? Like of course that's what being liked really is. It's like okay, you're a good person, you're fun, you're smart, you're whatever. That's validation. That's being that's like because people like you, they they want to be around you. But then there's also respect. You can be liked but not respected. There's that bloke who everyone loves having fun with. He's so good on the piss. He's great to hang around. But I don't, like, but you, do you really respect him? Like, he says these terrible things about people. He doesn't look after his mental and physical health. He doesn't have many desirable things in his life. Do you really respect him? The answer for most people is no. So do you want to be liked or do you want to be respected? And for me, I used to want to be liked because I was scared to walk the lonely path by myself that I didn't want to drink alcohol and I didn't want to do all these things that everyone was doing. But when I started doing the things that I said I was going to do to myself, I was going to take a break from alcohol. I forged self-respect. And this self-respect will ultimately, in the long run, get you respect from the right people. Who do you even want to be respected by? Do you want to be respected by the people you don't even respect? Do you want to be respected by the people who are aspirational, ambitious, you know, internally, you know, have these great internal minds because if you're chasing the respect from the people you don't even want to be like you're basically saying i'm living my life to earn respect from someone i don't even like or respect now we like these people because we have fun with them they do similar things but in the long run it's a self-defeating game and i often think in the long run not because everything's about the future but for me a lot of it's about the trajectory and that's the way i frame things not drinking alcohol is putting me in a positive trajectory because I'm showing myself that I don't need it. For a lot of people, they're gonna, they're gonna, they love alcohol. They love beer. So let's get to that quickly. They love drinking, but it's all about then having a better relationship with it. Understanding maybe, maybe asking yourself, why do you continue to give in to that voice? Why does two turn into three, turn into four, turn into ten? Why do you say you're going to not drink alcohol for a month and then have two benders in a row. Just dig a little bit deeper, whether that's journaling, whether that's a hard conversation with a friend, whether that's tr really trying to not have alcohol for a two, three-week period and seeing how it makes you feel. Often, when you see how it makes you feel and how much you don't need it, you'll realise how much you don't even want to have that compulsion. Because when you're an addict, you think you need it, but then when you create that sort of hope and that belief that you don't need it, it's inspiring, it's empowering, it's what... It's learned, this learned helplessness, you know, people think they're, 
they're doomed without alcohol. They need it to be social and be fun and be themselves. And there is an element to it. But as soon as you can create that proof that you can without it, it's probably the most, the best way and honestly probably in the long run the only way to be without alcohol as a need. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have alcohol, but you shouldn't come from a place of need because if you're coming from a place of need, there's some lack. There's something there's something basically that needs fixing with inside of you. But this isn't to take away from alcohol and, you know, some people love beer and the taste of beer and there's nothing wrong with having a social drink with people, but why do you think I much prefer coffee and a walk than go for a beer? Like what it's because you're in the same cycle with these people. But just say, do you want to go for a walk instead? Or do you want to go, you know, try and try it. See what happens. See if you like it. Um, you just have to show yourself that there are alternatives. Explore why you're doing the things you're doing. Don't just keep doing them because, you know, you're in that habit. You don't feel great. So why are you letting yourself settle for an unordinary life? You know, it's just, it comes down to your motivations and your purposes and your whys. Like, Explore that. Like, what do I want out of this life? What is my relationship to alcohol? How does it fit into my life? What happens when I drink alcohol? Mind map a few things. It, it. I think we minimize because alcohol is so prevalent, and we we almost trivialize it. We're like, oh, alcohol, drinking, piss. Oh, it's a bit of fun. Doesn't really matter. It has such a fucking big impact on your mental health, your physical health, your self worth, your self esteem which is obviously linked to your mental health. It's all, this is it's just part of it. This is everything. It's it's your life. All these actions that you take are going to have some impact on you. Every choice you make, everything you say to someone, it all adds up. And when it's when it's alcohol, we th- we think it's small, we think it's trivial, we think it doesn't matter, but it matters. And just making yourself understand that can hopefully inspire you to change some things, try some things because I just want to s- um, the main thing here is to hopefully give you some insights into why you've given in. You know, we'll wrap it up now. There's the conformity, the fear of judgment, cognitive dissonance. It's this internal conflict we have between what we believe about ourselves and what we should be doing versus what we are currently doing. We give in to that voice because it's easier. We want to reduce this internal conflict. Positive conditioning. Every time we drink alcohol, it ends up being a pretty fun experience where we come closer to our mates. So we think alcohol's great. But how many have you tried other things? Create alternatives in your head so that you have the proof that things you don't have to always do the same thing. You know, go golfing with your mates. Go to the beach. Go to coffee. Go to movies. Go out for dinner with your mates. Try all these new things so that you can compare alcohol to that so that, you know, maybe you're not in the mood for alcohol. So what else can I do? If you don't have proof that you can do other things, basically you're comparing the nights of alcohol to nothing. Even when you don't feel like having alcohol and having a big night, it ends up being the only way because you've shown yourself that that's the only way to have a good night. Create friendships with people, relationships where alcohol isn't the centre theme of your relationship. Masking mental health and internal conflict. I think just being aware of how you're feeling before alcohol, during it and after and just thinking... Where, why, why do I feel the need to get drunk and always give in to the, the pressure of drinking alcohol? It's not easy and you have to have some hard conversations with your friends, with yourself. But it's, it's the only way out. There's no other way. It's, rep- it's either you're going to keep pushing it down or you're going to take ownership for what's happening inside of you. And obviously in our society, it's not a, a full, safe, comfortable space to do that. 
you're going to be in a lot of friendship groups where you look down upon, people are going to take the piss out of you, people are going to talk shit behind your back. And I know that that's been, would have been done to me and I've been told, th- it, who cares? Let them, let them. It's their life. In the long run, your respect or theirs. And I know who's I'd rather. You can still have fun without alcohol. I've shown it. I've done it. You can do it. Just prove to yourself that you can. It can actually be really fun without alcohol. I do want to reintroduce alcohol into my life, but only when I have full, complete ownership, and I know that I do. And I think overarching thing is look inside. It is all an internal thing. The reason we give in to alcohol we often, like we've said a few external things like peer pressure, but it all comes from our own place and our own thing. So if we feel like we're giving in to alcohol all the time and it's a consistent thing, there's something you need to explore and it isn't going to be easy, but it could be the thing that changes your life. It could be that one moment that changes your life. And I know for me, it has been one of those sort of catalysts for real self-growth, real self-growth, real change in my life and the way I see myself and I see... You start to get clarity as soon as you stop doing something that you've always done. You get to you get real clarity and perspective on why you did it, the effects of having it versus not. And with alcohol, it's massive because a lot of us are in that repeated habit with our friends doing the same thing over and over. Imagine you stopped drinking alcohol and your friends didn't talk to you and didn't. What does that say about the friendship? You know what I mean? I think a lot of us just drink alcohol for for the friends reason, but I think a lot of my reason my friends. Now, I just understand, like, this isn't really the place I'm going. We can still be friends. We still do so many things together, even when they're having alcohol. You just, it's what you put your attention to at the end of the day. Are you focusing on the fact that you're not drinking alcohol or focus on the things that you can still do with your friends? You know, you can still have a fucking amazing conversation. You can still talk about your life. You can still talk about their life, their business, their job, footy, sport. What alcohol is, the reason people love it is because it allows them to be, quote unquote, themselves and... But I don't want to ever have to need alcohol to do that. That's that's saying that inspired me from day dot was I want to be fully comfortable and authentic in my own skin before I take some substance, some external thing to bring into my body just to be the person I want to be because then you're just conditioning yourself to need something to be yourself. In the long run, it's just telling yourself that same story that you're not truly confident and comfortable in your own skin. And I know that it takes time and I'm still, I'm not there. I've one drink in nine months. I'm still not there. It's taking time. You need to put yourself into those situations. Don't remove yourself from those social situations. Still put yourself out there, you know, be willing to, not, you know, if, if a night starts escalating and you just feel like it's a bit much, it's all right. Go home. Try next, next week or next event. It doesn't have to be done in one night. You don't have to achieve all your goals and all your ambitions and all your internal growth in one night. It's about the long run. run. It's about the trajectory you're putting yourself into. And I think that's where alcohol is, is powerful. It can set a really positive trajectory for your life. Try it. See what happens. If you want any help, any feedback, any things like that, come to me. I'm very willing to, ha- to help. And yeah, hopefully this has given you a bit more of an insight into my journey, why maybe we give into those voices and hopefully something to come away with. There are I definitely will be doing future alcohol episodes because this is probably my f- I haven't done too many solo podcasts so I'm still learning the ropes with how I want to go about it and I'll be getting feedback on you know what to expand on more and and getting a bit more structure and hone in on a really short episode I said I'd keep it to, I said 30 to 40 minutes ends up being 46 it's just a classic ramble from me but 
the takeaway message is clear, and I'm, I'm sure I've repeated it enough times, but and it might sound like a broken record, but cliches are that for a reason because, you know, that's that's why the people say the same thing over and over who have done it because it's true and it's there for a reason. So thank you for listening, and I'm sure if you try a few of these things, it's it's a win. It's going to be a massive win for your life, and um, yeah, it's just I think. I think for me being proud that I I don't have to do what everyone else is saying is is fosters part of that self-respect and I've had times where I haven't respected myself and a lot of the time you, you don't realize at the time it's only in the future when you've grown so much that you realize okay I didn't really respect myself then I just caved in so time's great and you've got to be courageous enough to withstand that, you know, that uncertainty. But from someone who's getting, who's got such a good grip on saying no to alcohol and not feeling the need, it is one of the best things you can ever do. doesn't mean you have to totally remove it. Just understand what you're doing. Create that awareness between your thoughts, your feelings and your actions and live life for you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 